Hey everybody, welcome back to Concierge Confidential. I'm Brian, your host, and we're doing it! Uh, let's do the second episode of January, um, or of 2024. So in this episode, I came up with the idea when I was speaking to somebody at one of my other jobs about... Um, Fountain Blue in particular, but this won't be specifically a Fountain Blue podcast. It's actually going to be going over what uh, what hotel is best for you, just because something that you think is really good may not translate to everybody else. So I'm going to be going over some of the hotels that we have here in Las Vegas and certain properties in terms of what they provide, because many of these are owned by corporations that really have a distinct view of what their properties are. So we're going to be diving into that. I'll be going over certain sort of criteria that we want to hit, which is hotel, the restaurant, the nightlife lounge, casinos, and uh, really anything else that might be um, useful to talk about. So this is the Picking a Hotel for You episode of Concierge Confidential. Okay, everybody, so let's jump into it. So... This came up because I actually was, I was, I'm a big fan of, you know, Fountain Blue. And I had somebody who'd went there and they were not a fan of the sports book and so on and so forth. So this goes into the first thing I want to explain is that not every hotel is going to focus on the thing that you particularly like. There are things about hotels that really what I am looking for, I'm really looking for a soul. And you've heard me say this before. I'm looking for a hotel that really knows what it is. It knows what it wants to be perceived as. It knows what kind of people it wants in the hotel. And that may not sound nice to everybody, but that's really what, it's okay. Sometimes, like, you shouldn't be in the win. And sometimes you should be in the win. I recommend go to the win just because, for example, like places like the win, I was actually speaking to an, uh, one of the uh, hotel executive, um, and he said, yeah, you just feel better when you're in the win. You just feel like, you know, you feel good about yourself when you're at that property. And again, you don't have to be staying at that property. You don't have to be eating at that property. Obviously, if you want to hang out, lounge, that's awesome. But just walking through it just makes you makes you feel good. Some people don't feel that way. Some people feel, you know, off-putting. And that's fine. Just maybe that's not the property you want to hang out at. Maybe it's just not the vibe that you're looking for. But it knows what it is, and it knows what it's projecting. And I think that actually is better than trying to be something for everybody. So I really, really just wanted to get that off my chest is that, cool, you don't like it? Then leave. Go someplace else. So I know I get on my dad a lot for um, being sort of like, he's like, no, like you're, you're going to the sports book to gamble, know what you're doing when you get there. And you know, I'm about being, you know, inclusive for everybody. And the thing is when it comes to hotels, I'm kind of the opposite. I have to say, um, so yeah, let's, let's just dive into it. So let's just break down some of the hotels. So let's go to the two largest properties in Las Vegas. One of them being, sorry, largest, uh, companies in Las Vegas. Uh, let's talk about MGM Resorts. So we'll talk about MGM Resorts first, Caesars Properties second. So MGM Resorts, um, they've really a con they're really a conglomerate that has really a run of a whole half of the Las Vegas Strip. And I have to say they do have a good mix of high-end properties, sort of mid-tier properties. Um, they don't really have so many like low-end properties. So what would I consider like a low-end property? Caesar's Palace, uh, sorry, not Caesar's Palace. Uh, Circus Circus would be considered like a low-end strip property. So again, that's kind of what like the low, low end is for sure. Um, so I would say MGM probably has one of the most diverse 
portfolios on the Las Vegas Strip, and we'll kind of go through them. So let's just start at the south end and move our way north. So if you're looking at the south end of the Strip, they own the Mandalay Bay, the Delano, Luxor, Excalibur, New York, New York, Park MGM, Aria. They now own the Cosmopolitan. They own the Vidara as well, and they also, I believe, stopped there because they used to jump over and own the Mirage, but they no longer own that. And, of course, they own the big green monster, which is MGM Grand, the big green building that you can't miss. Uh, specifically, it is emerald green, and those of you who are old school and know about Las Vegas history, that is because it used to be the wonderful City of Oz. So MGM Resorts has a pretty wide portfolio in terms of what they provide to guests when they come to Las Vegas. I would say one of their lower end properties, for example, would be something like the Excalibur or the Luxor. And when I say low end, I don't mean that they are, you know, just not only, I don't mean they're terrible, but I would say that they're more of an affordable range just because they're older properties. They tend to have more affordable rooms, um, which again, when you get more affordable rooms, you get a lot more inventory and you also get, you know, a little bit more, um, it's not as kept up as maybe other places are, at least just because of the age of the properties. Because again, that's the sort of the lower end of the spectrum would be something like Excalibur or the Luxor. And then you go over to the higher end of the properties, which would be like Cosmopolitan, Aria. Those are sort of going to be the top tier hotels um, of the MGM portfolio. So the thing that you get with MGM properties, just in general, this is sort of how I would... Uh, how I would project it out is that you get, for the most part, consistency across properties, which sometimes the sterilized version of that is helpful for some people just to know that they're identifying with this brand. It's clean. It's smart. It's really easy to follow. Uh, it kind of you lose that sort of whimsical feel of it, especially if it's, you know, uh, a corporate. It's a very corporate feeling properties, especially when you look at their interface for a lot of their websites, they very much look the same. The menus kind of look the same in terms of how to, you know, get to different spots. That's sort of what you get. But you do get sort of this consistency that you get with an MGM property. They also talk very well with each other, like in terms of if you're trying to move properties, they can usually be pretty helpful in terms of switching. Uh, the folio numbers are all the same. So that, you know, is very helpful. But Every property does provide its own services. So uh, with MGM properties, the big thing with that is if you want something quite corporate, very easy, very straightforward, streamlined, I would say MGM Resorts is that for you. Uh, I, I would say that they usually cater to a mid to higher level crowd just because a lot of their properties like Mandalay Bay, Aria, Cosmopolitan, Bellagio, uh, these properties tend to be more mid to high level guests. So these are going to be people who are going to be spending between, you know, between 250 to, you know, however much you want to talk about into the thousands per room, especially if you're staying at like the Cosmopolitan, for example, which averages its rooms between $350 and $600 for like a terrace suite, which is sort of their you know, standard terrace view. So that's one way of looking at it. Uh, then you have, of course, the Excalibur and such. So let's sort of go sort of like the in, in between. I would say Mandalay Bay sort of sits into that mid-tier level where it can be Standard, but also be elevated as well, just in terms of its location um, to uh, the Allegiant Stadium, for example. It's a huge deal. So it's a good property. I like the rooms. They're very clean. Um, same thing with MGM Grand. They're very, very clean rooms. This property would be really good for people who have families, 
people who want lots of experiences and a place that has lots of shows, for example. Um, MGM Resorts provides all these Cirque du Soleil shows that are still in Las Vegas. Um, you're going to get a very straightforward, a very clean experience. You also do get a lot of restaurants, of course, across all properties. Uh, they use seven rooms, by the way, which is their reservation system. Uh, but you'll get celebrity chefs such as Tom Clickio. You also get Wolfgang Puck does have a deal with them. And it's sort of throughout properties, he kind of jumped from Caesars over to the Bellagio. But I would say that their restaurant options are quite good. I would actually say they're really, really functional uh that's a good thing about mgm resorts and of course they have their m life card i think it's important to talk at this point about all of the uh, rewards cards that are available in las vegas uh many people would say mgm resorts uh, players card is probably the second best in town second to caesars just because caesars is easier to earn points uh but that's one way of looking at it so i would say mgm resorts in general is one of the better properties for sure uh, in terms of the value of what you get. You're going to get a really good wide option of hotel rooms. You also get a wide variety of the strip, which is very, very helpful. They do charge for parking, obviously. But in terms of their hotel rooms, I say they're very clean, very sterile, but you can see where they sort of what we call M uh, <laughs> they did the MGM 2020 or you got 2020 is when they started cutting back on stuff. Uh, they were trying to cut back by 2020, and then we all know what happened. So anyways, that would be their uh, version of that. So uh, in terms of nightlife, um, I would say their nightlife is, again, super corporate. That's probably my best sort of buzzword for MGM Resorts is the sort of corporate uh, corporatization of that property. They have speakeasies and such, but their speakeasies always feel very, very much like they were curated to be what they are. So the only ones that really save the save the day are all the speakeasies over at the Cosmopolitan, for example, like Ghost Donkey and what's the other one? To my tongue. The Ski Lodge, which those are some of my favorite speakeasies in all of Las Vegas. So in terms of resorts, our MGM resorts, I think they're great. I also have a problem, and because and this is also a really big deal for the casino part of it, is that the casinos across all properties tend to be around the same levels in terms of minimums across the board. So typically, if you're going to places like Cosmopolitan, Bellagio, uh, Aria, New York, uh, not New York, New York, uh, MGM Grand, if they're sort of in that same tier level, if you're looking at, you know, just sort of a structure of all the properties, they're going to be about the same. So they're all going to be $25 minimums and up. If you're going to, for example, Bellagio, Aria, Cosmopolitan, Usually 25 is the lowest you'll get. And then when you get to the next level, then you'll get to places like New York, New York, uh, Park MGM. Uh, Mandalay Bay is also like 25 all the time. But when you get to the lower tier, for ex you know, like Excalibur, Luxor, you will get that sort of $15 range to keep an eye on. So I would say MGM resorts in general, good places to stay if you are sort of like the mid to high level, uh, just because, again, it can get a little bit pricey depending on the properties you stay at, and they have a very wide variety to choose from. So MGM Resorts. Let's move on to Caesars Properties. So Caesars Palace are really places, um, sorry, Caesars Palace uh, owns essentially everything on the east side of the Strip, as MGM owns everything on the west side of the Strip. So you're starting at the Planet Hollywood, the Paris, Bally's, uh, sorry, not Bally's, whew, uh, Horseshoe, and then the Flamingo. Then you get over down to Harrah's, the Link, 
course, across the street, you get over to Caesar's Palace, and that is Caesar's Resorts. So Caesar's Resorts is really what I would say, a sort of in general, a mid to lower budget option in terms of properties in Las Vegas. They really aim for sort of that middle class of America. And I really wanted to say this about MGM Resorts, is that MGM is really sort of shooting for people on the coast. So they're shooting for people from, you know, California, New York, Miami, or sorry, <laughs> Florida, uh, Chicago, Texas. They're really sort of going for the coast. I really feel like their offerings and their advertisements are really meant for those folks. And of course, international. So you get a lot of people from China, Japan. That's really what MGM Resorts bread and butter is. They, they do have a property in Macau. And that's really what their focus is, is international clientele, is that they're trying to impress that international person coming for maybe you know, once every five years or once every four years. Caesars Properties is very, very different. Caesars Properties actually has the largest, uh, actually has the largest collection of hotel casinos or casinos specifically in the United States of America. So it's very much a very North America crowd. So you're getting lots of mid to lower mid to lower sort of tier travelers. So that's people who want, you know, who are on a budget, who want to have a good time for a price, and that's really what they're looking for. And some of you might say, well, what about Caesar's Palace? I've known Caesar's Palace as being a high-end property, you know, all my life. And that's true. Um, it is an aged property. It opened in the 1960s and has been, you know, added on to as the years have gone by. But that's really all they have. Like when you go over to places like Horseshoe, it's, you know, kind of just throwing, you know, paint on an old building. And then I actually, my brother stayed at Planet Hollywood, which, which looked quite nice on the inside. Really nice view looking out. Uh, the parish rooms are quite nice as well. These are probably some of the better rooms on the Las Vegas Strip. And really, that is the place that you go with if you have, you know, families or you're here just sort of on like a three-day trip. You want to get away quick. You come here with your friends. These are really good properties to stay at, like Planet Hollywood, Paris, Flamingo, so on and so forth. So I would say that MGM really has the edge when it comes to shows, but when it comes to restaurants, and if you're a big celebrity chef person, I would say that Caesars Resorts probably has some of the best known celebrity chefs uh, on the Las Vegas Strip. There's also, of course, those high-end Michelin star chefs that are around the Las Vegas Strip, but Really specifically for Caesars properties, they know that they want the big names who are on Food Network, you know, Fox. They want the celebrities. So that's where you'll find really exclusive deals with Gordon Ramsay, Bobby Flay, Guy Fieri. You also get um, do, 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 um, Giada Gilarentis. Gilarentis? I think I got it right. Um, so Caesars properties is where you, Mr. Chow, Nobu, these are where you find a lot of these exclusive properties with these restaurants inside of them. So their restaurant offerings are really phenomenal. Martha Stewart, she has a property and she, she has a restaurant inside of Paris. These, this is where you're going to find a lot of these celebrity chefs. So if you're somebody who really enjoys Gordon Ramsay, I would recommend staying at a Caesars property just because you'll probably get either, you know, a quick food stand or you'll get a restaurant inside of your property where you can, you know, go to like Caesars palace itself actually has a pub and grill, they also have Hell's Kitchen that sits out front. So 
Lots of options. They also have a Bobby Flay uh, brasserie, which is open inside of Caesars as well. So again, if you're a big celebrity chef person, highly recommend Caesars Properties. Also, if you're staying on a budget, highly recommend Caesars Properties as well. They also have a really good uh, player's card where you get really good tier credits, especially if you're playing lots of slots. It's a really great choice, and you do get to use that if you go back home to, for example, in like Ontario, Canada. They have a casino there where you're able to use it in Windsor, uh, and you get all their tier credits, you know, or points you can use throughout North America. So it's one of the better values because there's not that many MGM resorts in the state of, you know, in North America. So they're probably one of your best bang for your bucks if you're somebody who really likes to gain tier credits and credits in general uh, as the years go on. So highly recommend Caesars if you're somebody who enjoys that. Also, the person I was speaking to said, well, when I think of Las Vegas, I think of Caesars Palace. That's a real casino. Guys, Caesars Palace is actually one of the hardest properties to navigate, especially if you're new. So it's a really large property, lots of crazy corners because it's been added onto for so long. If you're somebody who does not enjoy walking, I do not recommend Caesars Palace because it is such a big property and hard to navigate, especially if you're somebody who, for example, is in a wheelchair. It is also really hard to navigate, especially when it gets busy because the corners are so hard to walk through because it is so busy. And the way the casino is laid out, it is not very helpful for... It's all ADA accessible, of course, but... The, the walkways can be quite, quite tight, and there are little sort of steps and level changes that make you go around it quite a bit. So if you're somebody who you know is in a wheelchair uh, or like a scooter or such, Caesars properties are probably the hardest to navigate. So just keep that in mind. Their layouts are quite, you know, quite sharp because they have older properties like Caesars Palace. Uh, Flamingo was opened in the 1940s. They have Harris, which opened in the 1970s. They have the Link property, which has been here in different iterations. And that one has many, many different stairs. And that is really hard to navigate if you are in a wheelchair. If you are in a wheelchair, I would highly recommend newer properties. Places like, you know, MGM Resorts has really good properties that are new, for example, Park MGM, built in the mid-90s. New York, New York, built in the mid-90s. All these properties are, you know, if you want your mid-level, those are good properties for ADA accessible or ADA accessibility, which is really, really important. So, yeah, with Caesars Properties, I would definitely say that this is an option really good for groups. It's really good for maybe some honeymooners. And, again, this is going to give your widest option for budget-friendly hotels. They also have fantastic locations on the Strip. One of the main things that I would say that is really good about Caesars Properties is their location to the center part of the Strip. And to me, the center part of the Strip is Bellagio, Caesars, Paris. That is the center of the Strip. So if you're here on a budget, they probably have the better, the best rates for maybe your your uh, maybe your uh, your budget, of course. So I would say. Places like Flamingo, Harris. Harris actually, the rooms are not bad on the inside. Um, again, everything's very kind of corporatized for MGM Resorts and Caesars Properties because they have so much volume on the Las Vegas Strip. These are properties that you're going to get a very cookie cutter experience in terms of hotels, but really where they differ, you know, might be on the restaurants, but the restaurants are all, you know, pretty well known. But I would definitely give the edge to Caesars Properties where they have many, many more uh, celebrity chefs uh, available to you. Uh, so, Moving on from that, moving away from Caesars and MGM, those are the big boys, let's get to the very specific ones. So let's just jump over to the Venetian, which actually used to be the Sands Corporation. But 
Venetian and Palazzo, they're uh, sister hotels that are connected to each other. This is a very large property as well. If you're looking for a hotel that you can actually never leave from, uh, the Venetian Palazzo is a really, really great option just because it's connected through the inside, through their mall, which their mall can feel, you know, super cavernous, which is really fun just because it's, you know, it's so big and has all these different sort of corners and kitty corners. They also have their canal shops, which is nice and fun. Uh, but yeah, this they, anybody can really stay here in terms of uh, like families or if you're here for like a honeymoon. This really is a sort of one size fits all for everybody, especially if you're like a really big foodie. They have a really large uh, restaurant portfolio. They have places like Wakuda, which is at the Palazzo. It's a Michelin star rated chef uh, actually runs that kitchen. Uh, they also have multiple Mediterranean restaurants there as well, like Ha Salon, which is brand new and is a super crazy time. Uh, they also have, you know, Trustworthy Brewing Company. Honestly, now that my friend doesn't work at Trustworthy Brewing Company, Trustworthy Brewing Company is not good. Um, highly recommend maybe skipping it and going to someplace else uh, just because I was never a fan of the food and they only have their beer. So, again, that is a personal choice. I'm not a huge fan of Trustworthy Brewing Company. But they also have Smith & Walensky's, which is a beautiful sort of – it's a New York steakhouse, but it's sort of this like New York, Chicago, sort of East Coast feeling steakhouse, which is absolutely phenomenal. They also have – a lobster me, which is sort of a stand, which my brother loves, but they also have so much Italian food. They also have a uh, Southern uh, uh, restaurant called uh, Yardbird, which is super, super popular. They have many, many different Asian options in terms of cuisine. And if you're somebody who really enjoys Baccarat and sort of mid to higher level table games, uh, Venetian Palazzo are really great choices. Um, between the two, people always ask, which is, you know, better. Palazzo is a little bit newer. It's a little bit higher hotel. It's a little bit more quaint, which is kind of funny because it's such a large, you know, building. But these properties are going to get a much more elevated, elegant experience. The rooms are all suites, which means they have a lot of space. It's really good for families in that case. Or if you just need lots of space, for example, like uh, for bachelor parties or for, you know, just something that's a little bit more styled. I think the Venetian Palazzo does a great job. They can be very personalized. They have a really good concierge team. And it's a beautiful property. It has all this beautiful Italian marble. It's just very pretty to walk through. And again, they also, I mean, they have so many restaurants here. Uh, this place doesn't have many celebrity chef restaurants, but they have really, really good restaurants. In terms of the entire Las Vegas Strip, this is also including like Fountain Blue and Resorts World, I think the Venetian and the Palazzo properties probably have the best lineup of restaurants in the entire Las Vegas Strip or on the entire Las Vegas Strip. It just there's so much diversity and high level care taken with all the dishes. I think they are absolutely phenomenal. So if you're somebody who's coming to Las Vegas for restaurants, highly recommend the Venetian and the Palazzo. They have so many different choices to choose from. I would say this place is great for people who are foodies. Also great for a much more mature crowd. They have so many lounges, which is great. Their lounge offerings is phenomenal. They do have one nightclub on property, which that would be uh, Tau. They have Tau you know, nightclub, and they also have Tau Beach, which those are two properties. If you're ever looking for, you know, to get a host there, check out Elliot Aylman. He's on Instagram. He's awesome. Um, or reach out to me and then I can reach out to Elliot for you if you're looking to go to either of those properties. And he also does all of Hakkasan Group, which makes life much, much easier because Hakkasan Group owns basically all the nightlife in Las Vegas. But if you're a foodie, 
highly recommend this place. And if you're somebody who, you know, wants an, a more elevated sort of nightlife experience, they have many, many lounges to choose from. They have Electra, which is great if you like hip hop and you want to dance a little bit, but you don't want to go to a nightclub. They also have, uh, they used to have Rosina, but they changed it. Uh, what is it called now? Jasmine? Juliet. They have the Juliet cocktail room, which has live music, which is really, really nice. And of course, my favorite, my personal favorite, they do have Wakuda, which is obviously a Japanese restaurant. It's not obvious, but you know now. But Wakuda is a Japanese restaurant, but they have fantastic, a beautiful lounge. It's super sexy, great for late night drinks, great for before, you know, show, you know, snacks and cocktails and they also have a dj on the weekends but i really 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 enjoy the wakuda lounge uh over at the venetian uh sorry palazzo but venetian solid property especially if you're here for conventions highly you know it's super expensive if you're staying here for conventions because it's pricey uh but uh this is a disclaimer big disclaimer on the venetian do not stay at the venetian if it is during a huge convention which probably they've sold out the property at that point. So like things like SEMA, CES, uh, these big conventions are absolutely terrible for what we call transient travelers. Uh, if you're wondering why we call you transient, don't ask me why. That's just the name that we give people who make a reservation outside of a group or outside of a convention. But somebody who comes to Vegas for a vacation, obviously. But you don't want to stay at the Venetian Palazzo while there's a convention going on if you're not going to that convention because every single restaurant, every single lounge will be bought out by a sub part of that convention. So again, I've gone down there multiple times where I got down there and I said, oh my goodness, I didn't know there was this convention in town. You can't go to any restaurants. All the restaurants are bought out. Venetian Palazzo really makes a lot of their money off of conventions during the week. So again, if it's a really, really big convention, stay away from the Venetian Palazzo. Even the win, for example, uh, or for, you know, for that matter, uh, the, Vene the Venetian is a huge convention property. So a big convention in town, don't stay at the Venetian. So now that I've already talked about it, let's move over to the Wynn Resort. So the Wynn Resort uh, is called Wynn Limited, and they actually own the Wynn and the Encore properties. And these properties are really known for their luxury and opulence and celebrities, of course. So it was funny because I was on TikTok the other day, and uh, someone said, who cares that there's celebrities there? Well, I don't know. Some people care that there's celebrities there. It's interesting to see that they're out and about. That's when I was talking about Mother Wolf, which was my latest video that you can check out on my Instagram page, which is Concierge Confidential underscore LV. You can also follow my regular Instagram, which is Brian Ortega 26, and then you'll find me. Uh, and you can also follow our TikTok if you're not an Instagram person. At Keys to Vegas on TikTok is where you can find all of our videos. I might start doing lives there. I don't know. We'll start doing it. We'll see what happens. But anyways, that's where you can find our videos. And, you know, they were talking about celebrity, and it's like, hey, they're there. But the win itself... Beautiful property, just opulence, just out of the, just out of this world. I love the Win and the Encore properties. I do go there quite often in terms of you know just going for drinks or maybe something for a dinner or something to try out. Uh, Delilah's is just absolutely fantastic. This hotel is rated a five star hotel across the board every year that's been nominated, and it rightfully deserves it. it. Has this beautiful marble that sort of these tracks in to the casino. It has a beautiful mall that has all these high end brands like Fendi, Dior, um, 
Christian Louboutin, of course. They also have, you know, Louis Vuitton. So they have all these beautiful brands that you may not shop at, but it's great for window shopping. But just this beautiful just sort of trek that you walk through. And then, of course, once you get to the center part of the wind, you have all these beautiful flowers, and it's all fragrant, and it's beautiful carousel with horses that's all made out of real flowers and just really really fantastic beautiful touches but really opulent very lush red throughout the entire casino and i love walking through there and like i said earlier the executive that i was talking to said you just feel good when you're there and i agree um again everything is for a price everything costs money in las vegas but it really just makes it feel more when you're inside of a nice property it feels like it's worth it you know, that $20 drink might hurt a little bit, but it tastes a little bit better when you're doing it, you know, with this big giant flamingo with, you know, flowers coming out of it. Uh, looks amazing or whatever. So in terms of properties, they have many, many, sorry, in terms of restaurants, they have many, many restaurants that just really sort of check all the boxes. They have Sinatra. They also have Delilah's, which Delilah's is to me one of the best restaurants in town, not just for the food, but actually for the extravagance on the inside it just feels like another world and that's what i really love you know when you're at the win that you are staying around money and you're around money and then again if you can hang and you can pretend this is a really great place fun to be because you know you can talk to people who are millionaires and they have no idea that you just you know live in a normal part of town so again I love the wind for that reason. Again, the wind's rooms are, you know, super opulent. They have, you know, floor-to-ceiling windows that you can look out of, and you get really nice views of their country club, uh, which is the golf course, obviously, and the sphere. But uh, just overall, just a really, really great property to stay at. Uh, it does feel like you are staying in a different time at the wind. But their rooms, again, typically average between four to $800 a night, depending on the time of the year. Of course, during the Super Bowl, you'll be in the thousands a night. So it just kind of comes with the territory. Okay, so now moving over to, let's go to, do, 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 let's do Resorts World really quick. Uh, Resorts World, to me, is sort of like in limbo at this point, just because I don't think they know I think they knew what they wanted when they first opened, and then Fountain Blue opened, and then it just totally changed everybody. So uh, Resorts World is actually owned by a company called Genting Casinos, which is based in Malaysia. But Resorts World itself, when you walk in, I always sort of explain this to people, and uh, is it sort of a dig? Uh, maybe. But Resorts World, to me, feels like a giant hotel with no real soul to it. Uh, it's the opposite of what the win is. Uh, it really just wants to be everything for everybody, not knowing kind of how they want to attack it, which is good if you have multiple properties to do it at, like MGM Resorts or Caesars. You have many different hotels in your portfolio. Each one can be something for everybody. But for Resorts World, you're one property that wants to have an Asian street market, which doesn't have Asian street market prices. Then you also want places like Carver Steak, which is your steakhouse. Then you have Viva, which is sort of, it's, you know, uh, it's Mexican, but also elevated, so it's not really approachable. Uh, then you have Junior's, which is just open, which is a sort of roast beef sandwich place, which uh, looks delicious. But again, that's sort of where that's at. And it also has, you know, Fuyu, which is supposed to be kind of a cool, hip sort of Tao restaurant where it's sort of like where you go to eat before you go to the nightclub. And again, it just feels sort of all over the place and not to mention their sports book. Their sports book is 
a it's a TV with a wall, and then you have you know the actual doghouse, which is like the bar connected to it, which it doesn't really know what it is. Um, so really, in terms of restaurants, it's kind of all over the place. The only thing I really recommend at Resorts World is Carver Steak. It's fantastic, but in terms of the restaurants, I I don't know. I'm just it's kind of weird. I only go there for like maybe two places, and that's it. But in terms of the casino. Casino's great. The casino is very large, easily accessible. You just sort of know, you just sort of just walk straight down, sort of shotgun style. If you like to play slots, a lot of slot options, which is really, really great option for those of you who like to play slots. It's also, you know, ADA accessible, which is great. It has a beautiful view on the very top of the hotel. And if you actually end up going and looking at the table games, the table games are kind of approachable. You know, you can get $15 minimum on blackjack. You can get $15 minimum on craps, which is anything anybody can ever ask for. So I'm okay with them in terms of their casino, uh, which I think is, you know, it makes sense for the where they're at on the Las Vegas Strip. So, again, and the hotel rooms are, are quite nice. The hotel rooms are actually very, very nice. Highly recommend it. If you're going to be staying there, they have three different options, which is really nice as well. Um, even though I said there's only one hotel, but they have three. Uh, they have the Conrad. They also have the regular Resorts World properties and, of course, the Hilton something. So many, many choices. And also their nightlife is, you know, not bad. I think Gatsby's is super overrated, which is their, you know, high-end lounge. And, of course, they also have the um, – they have uh, – my goodness. Zook. They have Zook, which is their nightclub and day club option, which – it's fine. Again, I'm sort of out of my nightclub days. I've been there, you know, a couple times, and it's okay. It's just, it's fine. So, um, in terms of Resorts World, it's okay. So let's move on to the, one of the last ones on the strip. I mean, there's guys. There's Stratosphere and there's SLS. Or sorry, Sahara. Whew, it's gone through many iterations, but Sahara Stratosphere. We're not going to talk about those today. They're fine. This is going to be a longer episode, anyways. But just they're on the end of the strip. Meh. But those hotels are very much dependent on the new hotel that just opened there, and that is Fountain Blue. So uh, Fontainebleau, if you will. So Fountain Blue, I think, is mystifying a couple different people just because Fountain Blue itself is a high-end property. It's really trying to go after, and I've told this many people, it's really trying to go after the Wynn and Aria crowd or even the Venetian crowd. But really, I would say it's going after the Wynn the Cosmopolitan, and the Aria crowd. So what is that? Uh, it's honestly people who go to Miami. Um, it's really looking for a lot of the celebrities, a lot of the high-caliber play. Is That's what they're looking for. They're looking for pretty people. And again, you're trying to sort of build your identity at this moment. So before I really go in after, you know, what Fountain Blue is, because many people have gone on to talk about how, you know, this property doesn't know what it is. No one's ever going to go. It's too expensive. Who do they think they are? What they're doing is they're really trying to build an identity for their property. They're really trying to build what they believe should be going to that property. And it takes time, especially when you're going after the higher end crowd it's expensive. There's a lot of advertising. They had a huge advertisement for New Year's Eve. They're going for celebrities. They want it to be the it place, sort of how Cosmopolitan was when it opened. But again, the Cosmopolitan had a lot working for it in its favor. It was in the center part of the strip, right next to the Bellagio. Easy for people at the Bellagio to walk over to the Cosmopolitan and find out, hey, this is the cool place to be. Um, and sometimes people saw it and say, that's not for me. I don't want to be sort of that young dot-commer. Uh, I want them to be over there, and we're at the Bellagio. But 
the fountain blue really to me resembles what the cosmopolitan crowd is which is young lots of disposable income likes to party and casino is not really the forefront of their mind at that property it has become now at cosmopolitan but again the whole thing about it is being cool hip and the place to be and i think that is what fountain blue is trying to establish is it going about it the right way Depends on who you ask. Uh, but again, this is a property that wants to be known for a couple things. It wants to be known for luxury. It wants to be known for class. It wants to be known for its restaurant selections in terms of being, you know, hip and modern and, you know, the place to be. And I think that's what they're going. That's what they're going for. They have a wonderful lounge selection. Uh, they have you know multiple lounges on the, on the property. They have their center bar, which is the big chandelier. They have a sul, which is their sort of like tequila bar, which is good if it has live music. I've been there when there is no live music, and it is not good. I have to say, if you go to Azul and there is no live music and it's nobody in there, it's just like any bar that's dead. Very very important for them to have live music. A nice thing is like the Collins, which is their lobby bar. I thought they did a really good job of adding a piano to it, and there's actually a piano player in there. And I went, I went in because they had a piano player. It's you know kind of hidden, even though it's like the first bar you see after the main lobby. It's important to have these little things. These just little tweaks are important to make sure that you have people going to it. So they have beautiful lounges. I really, they have Nowhere, which Nowhere is becoming really, really popular, sort of if you follow the scene. I think that's becoming sort of a spot. Nobody call it a speakeasy anymore. Do not call Nowhere a speakeasy because it is not. And I'm going to have, I'm going I'm to go to blows with people who call it a speakeasy because it is not a speakeasy. Walk right in. It's not that hard. You find it, you're in. It's that easy. So, that's my one thing. Um, the casino itself, not made for casino players at all. Not made for casino players. Um, I've talked to a couple you know, casino executives about this, a couple people who know hotels. They really need to fix their blackjack table situation because their blackjack, table, you know, blackjack tables have these big giant bonuses on it. I've watched the game. You can play blackjack straight up, but with those like bonuses on it, it's not going to get blackjack players to play. The craps tables are in the wrong part of the casino. The craps table should be in the action right next to the roulette tables because that's where you get that energy. It's really important to get energy, especially to get it going. You want it in places where people are going to see it. It's what's important. You, you can always hide blackjack tables. People will go find blackjack tables. People don't want to have to go find the craps tables. It's not, it's not conducive. It's really, really important to have especially if we're talking about casino design. You want your craps tables to be the easiest thing to find because the people who spend money play craps. They play roulette. Those, and roulette is going to get the average player right next to somebody who knows how to play, and that is craps, even though they don't always know how to play either. But that is important. Casino layout is very important, especially when you're launching hotels. But again, they'll figure it out. Hopefully, they get things in the right spot, and you'll get more action. Get more action if I can find it. If you're drinking by the bar, you want to get to you. You want to go spend money. It makes you hear hearing action makes you want to go play, and that's really really important that I wanted to highlight. Very very important. So let's talk about the rooms. The rooms are beautiful. Um, if you do go to, if you do go to the Fountain Blue, make sure that when you're making your booking reservation, you get the best view. It says best view on it, and those are the gold rooms. The gold rooms all have a view looking out to the strip 
looking south. That's the direction you want. You want to stay in a room at the Fountain Blue looking south because that is the Las Vegas Strip. It doesn't really matter which part you get. Um, you want to be middle to you know the street side. But you're going to get a view of the Strip. You're going to get a view of the Sphere. You have to get the gold rooms. You don't want to stay in the blue rooms. The blue rooms are not good rooms. Gold rooms. That's because the blue room, you're going to be looking at a big giant plot of desert. You want to be looking north towards, sorry, you want to be looking south towards Las Vegas Boulevard. Please. Thank you. There are restaurant options. Interesting. Uh, they're good and, you know, kind of interesting at the same time. Uh, but again, That'll figure itself out. I haven't been to the nightclub yet, so I can't talk about Liv, although Liv, I've been told, is very, very nice on the inside. But they're really going for that hip, younger crowd. And again, talking about the sports book, the sports book was not, this place was not made for people who go to sports books. This place was made for people who want to chill, have a mimosa, maybe watch a football game. This is not made for people who are going to go to Circa and drop, you know, three grand on, you know, their booth to watch Sunday football. Just the way it is. That's This hotel was not made for that. So overall, I like the Fountain Blue. It's what I like. It's something that's hip. It's modern. It's very transient. You get a lot of different people walking through it. Beautiful people. I love looking at beautiful people, and that's my thing. Um, I maybe can talk about station casinos another time, but that's local. I like being around other people who are sort of traveling because that means that I won't, you know, run into somebody I have to talk to. Uh, but, you know, it's fun hearing different stories. But I enjoy Fountain Blue. May not be for you. That's totally fine. Go someplace else. Go to Harris. Maybe that's the place for you. Again, this was sort of a, a, a snippy sort of episode. I can't believe I did that. But um, again, all these properties are great for what they're made for. And find the one that actually fits your personality best. And then maybe you can just go visit one of these other fun properties. But pick a hotel that's going to match with your personality best and also you know, your budget as well. Of course, I would love to stay at the Wynn all the time, but I can't afford to stay at the Wynn every time because it is, you know, a luxury property. And it's, you know, that's it. But I can always visit whenever I want because I live in Las Vegas. So today, this was a really fun episode going through all these properties. Hopefully you learned something a little bit about, you know, the different, you know, resort options. And when you come to Las Vegas or are planning it, hopefully this is helpful in the future. And again, you can always, you know, message me at concierge underscore LV. And I will give you my honest opinion of all these properties and if it fits, you know, your style or what your idea of Las Vegas is going to be. So again, make sure you check us out. On all of our social channels, Conscious Confidential underscore LV or at Keys to Vegas on TikTok. And of course, love it. If you guys see me in town, awesome. Come say hello. We can take a picture. That's fine. Uh, but if you do, remember, keep it confidential. Yeah.